I wonder if we do we, this all day. Yeah, I feel I like we're too. hanging out. I mean, you're clearly literally, I, I could do you in your all bed. day. I talked to you for like two and a half hours on Sunday. So <laughs> it was great. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hello, Finding Your Shine. So today we're having an exciting like little new format change to the show. As you know, we usually have a guest that has lots of really great ideas and perspectives that we like to learn from ourselves and then pass that knowledge on to you. But sometimes we like to just have a little solo fun together and talk about things that are going on or other kinds of changes with us personally. And we thought today, because, you know, a lot of our show, if you're an OG listener, like half of the show is like Nina's getting ready to transition to coaching. And I recently have started doing some coaching stuff myself. So we thought, what a great platform for us to talk about things that we're doing in our own unique coaching practices and interview each other. Yeah, we're really excited. And we thought, you know, we always have these guests on with incredible things to say, but we have a lot of fun stuff to share too. And we really want you guys to hear what's going on with our lives and our coaching practices. And I don't know, get to know us a little bit better. Because if you listen to the podcast, why not know a little bit more about your hosts? Exactly. I agree. But before we hop into this interview with the two of us, we want to encourage you that if you're interested in learning a little bit more about coaching with either Liz or myself, you can get on our personal email lists. And right now, if you go to nourishedwithnina.com, I actually have a few free resources for you guys. I have a grocery store guide, a snack cheat sheet, and also my 14-day gut reboot, which you are more than welcome to sign up for any of those. And you'll also get on my email list to stay in communication with a bunch of the other cool things that are happening in my business. Yeah. And mine's just at the bottom of the page. Um, I'm not sending out emails quite yet. That's something that I'm working on in the next month or so to consistently send something out every couple of weeks with helpful tips or things I'm learning. You can do that by going to the bottom. And there's a little bit that says work with me. It says sign up to be the first to know. I think if like once I start start accepting clients, that's what I have right now. And that'll go straight to my email list that I'll put you on. So yay. All right. Well, let's hop into this interview with, with us. The <laughs> two of us. <laughs> so to get started, how about we just take some turns asking each other questions and we'll go from there. I think this sounds fun. It's unscripted. It's unplanned. Well, everything's always unscripted and unplanned. I was trying not to give them the insider scoop, Nina. I was trying to keep the facade up that we're like really planned. Super organized. (laughs) No, I think if this is going to be an episode where we go and dive a little bit deeper into the two of us, I feel like we need to let the cat out of the bag. Also, I don't understand that expression. Why is the cat in a bag? Please let it it out all the time. Like we It's animal abuse. Get the cat out of the bag. (laughs) Um, Just a little bit more about us. So I think 
you guys deserve to know that we really do our podcasts on a whim. And we tell the guests this upfront when they come in to do an interview with us. We say like, we don't really plan out too many questions. We just go organically and have conversation and steer it in whichever direction it goes according to the questions and the answers. And that's how we do the podcast. And it's been super fun for us to do it that way. So I think you can probably tell if you're like a a real old school listener. And if you haven't started from episode one, like don't, like don't go find out. You don't. But structure just didn't work for us because it didn't feel naturally like a natural conversation didn't flow naturally. It's more fun to go with your intuitive voice and to answer questions and have conversations from a place that's really in the moment. I think when you have questions, sometimes you're like, oh, I want to hit this. I want to hit that. And it doesn't always naturally flow in the conversation. So anyway, let's do that with each other. industry secret. (laughs) Yeah, a little insider secret. So Liz, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Throughout our time in doing the podcast, Mm -hmm. you have made a lot of huge shifts in your life. And one of them has been deciding to go full force into financial coaching. So now you're finished with your program. You're currently doing beta people. What do Mm -hmm. we call them? Beta clients, me being one of them. So excited to be doing your program. So tell us a little bit more about what coaching with Liz looks like and how you even um, decided to launch into this business. I think financial coaching, and I've said this before, it marries. It's interesting when you find something that marries everything you're good at, everything you've done up to this point. It's like every little journey that I've taken led me to exactly this project that I'm doing Mm -hmm. now. Um, Like I never planned to get into financial services, but I am. And so that knowledge helps me have a lot of information on how people manage their personal finances. I also have, you know, a story growing up where you know, I have a single parent background. So there was, you know, I have my own money stories that I've worked through. So like every single thing that I've done to this point and, and you being an inspiration to me, like doing health coaching, like you're sweet. We hadn't, until we started interviewing a bunch of coaches and until I had my own coaches, like I didn't, coaching wasn't something on my radar, but that happened. And so like all these paths converged and it, it just made sense to me to start. And I actually want you to dive into a little bit of the past thing for a second, because I think it's really important for people to know when someone decides to be a coach, it's not just this, oh, I'm just going to go into coaching now because everybody's going into coaching. You know, that's not how it was for me. And I think the thing that makes a really good coach is somebody that has chosen to take that path because they want to help people that have been in the same place as they were. So Mm -hmm. just can you explain to them a little bit about that history and why you're so passionate about financial coaching? Yeah. So I would say like what I do right now, everyone, you know, I've said this before on the show, I do marketing consulting, but I do it for financial credit unions, which if you don't know, are financial institutions. Um, and what I found was I loved, I love doing that. And I love having impact in that way, but the impact I never get to see, cause I'm not at those credit unions. I'm behind the scenes, sometimes hundreds or thousands of miles away on a computer I don't get to see when they are able to help someone with a financial product or service that didn't think they could get help. I'm not able to see the very granular level of help, which actually when I started in credit unions, I started out as a receptionist and I was able to see that on a pretty regular basis, seeing people be have their lives changed by having someone help them through a process. So there's definitely the desire to see something, to have more impact on like a one-on-one level 
And I think we're both driven by helping people. Both of us are. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you're like, I see that there's a need here and Mm -hmm. I want to help people achieve that need. I want them to feel better or um, achieve more confidence in this area. Because you know firsthand when you go through it yourself and you kind of overcome it or you're learning through it, how important it is to spread that message. Mm -hmm. I also, obviously... I'm not able to help people if I haven't walked a mile in their shoes, I don't think. And so I've been through and continue to work through the process of, you know, tackling my own stories with money, figuring out my own money beliefs, getting my own stuff situated so that I'm in a position where, you know, if anything holds me back in life from what I want to do, it shouldn't be money. Mm-hmm. So I am— And we all have so many negative beliefs and stories around money. How many of us, honestly, even listening today and myself included, I had this conversation with my coach, Julie, today. Mm -hmm. Like how many of us have these stories around money? And if money, you know, like people ask, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Mm -hmm. So it's coming down to the fact like, wow, how often is money holding me back from the things that I want to achieve in life? And I like that you address those questions with people. Even things that you wouldn't think of, like how many times have you looked at someone who's wealthy and been like, they're greedy. Who needs that much money? And sometimes that's true. I kind of think that's the case with people that have billions and billions of dollars. That's my own money biases coming in. But when you look at people that have money and you're saying they're bad, they're greedy, they don't care about Mm -hmm. people, when you start assigning those attributes to people that have more money than you, because we're all, you know, let's face it, we're always comparing who shouldn't be. who wants then to have money coming into their life more if you actually believe that it'll turn you into a bad, greedy person? So, I mean, there's just little things like that that you don't think about when you form these snap decision or thoughts around money Mm -hmm. that impact everything Yeah, you do. I agree. Well, I want to switch to you. I don't like talking about me, Nina. What? (laughs) This is the whole point of this episode. I know, I know. Interviewing each other. But the time has come where we shift focus away for a little. We're just going to ping pong back and forth. So I'm curious what kind of shifts you have seen in your life since your big transition of not teaching. Like, what did the summer look Mm -hmm. like for you as you were working through that? And now that, you know, the school year is like mostly through and you're, you know, haven't been in school for almost a year now. Like, what is, tell me about your life right now and what you're loving about the transition. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I went back to help one of the middle school choir teachers with sectionals as the kids prepared for this performance. So that's when you take like a couple kids and you work them through their parts and things like that. And it was really interesting because when I was back in that environment, like middle school choir environment, a lot of memories came flooding back. And I was like, oh my gosh, I miss aspects of it. But what I realized is when I was there again, I was still thinking about all of these things I wanted to be doing with my business. And so I knew right then and there, I was like, wow, this truly isn't in alignment with me anymore. And although I loved going in and helping the kids, it's not something that I had any desire to go back and do the next day. Or it wasn't something that I was like, man, did I make the wrong decision? I knew. I knew like fully that it was the right decision for me. And I also realized it was, it's truly an energetic thing. So when I was in the classroom, I remembered how much like the middle school energy would absorb and impact my body from like a stress mental physical level. 
And even though I love the kids, it's nothing like that. I'm, I think I'm just so sensitive to their emotions and their energy. And it would, I would just attract all of that and bring it home with me. And I was so tired when I got home again. I was like, oh my gosh, like that then and there proved to me again, like, wow, that was a decision that you made not only for like a career shift, but also for your physical and mental health. Like it was something that just wasn't working for me anymore. So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool actually. And so this whole year, I've really gotten into this groove of what it feels like to own my own business and to be, you know, working with clients one-on-one. And I feel like I'm just now starting to really click into this as my full-time job. Like, oh, this is what you do now. Like, this isn't your side hobby. This isn't a side hustle. This is your full-time job. So I'm trying now, I'm working with Julie as my health coach or my business coach. I'm really trying to put on that like CEO hat and be like, okay, how does somebody who's running their own business structure their day? How am I going to service my clients? How am I going to spread this message that I care so much about to a wider audience? And so that's kind of what I've been focusing on this year is just getting really specific about why I'm doing this and why I care so much about it and how I can spread the message and continue to work with women and all of that good stuff. So what kind of energy experiences or shifts are you feeling when you have coaching calls? If you know, if you can Mm. identify like what that felt like for middle school and you came home and you were exhausted, like what does it feel like coming out of a client call? How does that feel different? Does it feel like the early days of teaching? Like did you? No, I've never had that with teaching. So even from day one, and I thought, I don't know if anybody else has the same experience. Like I thought that that's just how it felt to work. Like you Mm -hmm. work and then you come home and you're tired and you wake up and you're tired and then you go to work and you're tired. And, And it wasn't that I hated it. I always say that it wasn't that I hated it. It was just like something about it was mentally and physically exhausting me all of the time. And so now when I teach or when I coach one on one, it's more of this empowerment feeling afterwards. Like I'm actually energized by doing the work that I do. I'm energized by talking to the clients. I'm energized by seeing their results. I'm energized by creating content. When I was teaching, I resented. Like I did not want to make quizzes. I hated picking out music. Like certain things that you're supposed to love as a teacher. Like I love Mm -hmm. creating these lesson plans. Yeah. Bulletin boards. I didn't really want to do that. I just liked kids and I liked creating music really is what it boiled down to. I liked music and I liked being around like silly, funny kids all the time, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really love all of the things around the job. And so now I, you know, just created a bunch of freebies for everybody. I just launched a six week course. It's going great. Yeah. You should do the next one if you're not in this one. (laughs) I'm going to be launching the next one in like a month too. But I have so much excitement and energy behind the creation of all of those things, I guess it just reminds me that I made the right choice. But I didn't even know that until I started to feel the opposite, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. So Liz, my question for you Mm -hmm. is you've always had this financial coaching as your side hustle, right? So how are you going to, now that you're launching this full-time, not full-time business, but you're launching these one-on-one clients, how are you going to incorporate that into your full-time job? And how can you encourage other people that are still working full-time to go on and do these endeavors as well? 
Yeah, what I've found so far, and it's just through my beta clients, I've just been testing and seeing what feels good. Um, and right now we're working with the same business coach, Julie Olamacher. Yes. So shout out Julie. She's amazing. And one of the things that I'm working through is like, because I do, it's interesting for me because I work from home all day and there's not like environment shifts where I'm like commuting to a job and then coming home and feeling tired. I do often feel tired at the end of the day. Sometimes I think it's just from staring at a computer for like eight mm-hmm. hours. I'm like, am I visually fatigued? Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot, of, a lot of times like I'll have client calls with my my job job clients. My job and job. And job job. Uh, my job job clients, my regular job clients. And, you know, sometimes like for me, that can be kind of tiring just because you have to be like on. And so there are still things that at the end of the day, I'm tired, even though I like what I do. And so I have found it difficult then to make myself be like, okay, you've worked all day. Take a bite to eat. Now we're going to keep working for three or four more. Like it's really, really hard to do that. Um, And I feel a lot of guilt around like, why is it so hard to do that? If it's, if coaching, financial coaching, if I love it as much as I do, shouldn't I be like not tired and want to do it? And I do want to do it. You know, that's the hard thing is that I absolutely like, if I could, keep plugging away and keep working on podcast stuff and, you know, my coaching stuff, like I would, but it's, I'm beat. (laughs) Well, I remember when I was teaching and doing the podcast, I would get done teaching like six classes a day surrounded by humans and then go to the office and record like one or two episodes with you. Mm -hmm. And I would be really, really exhausted, but I love Mm -hmm. the podcast, but I know what you mean by like, I want to do this, but I'm also sort of spent type Mm -hmm. of thing. So I'm trying, the one thing I'm trying to do, but it it involves some shifting and something that I work through Julie with is I think I want to really make the weekends almost exclusively my work on my other stuff time. Um, so that during the week I'm doing things like cleaning or, you know, getting groceries or the kind of stuff that I usually had been putting off till the weekend. Yeah. I'm doing that during the week because that, I mean— clean or whatever, that's a little less. I'm not using my brain and I'm moving. So sometimes that'll like re-energize me. So that on Saturday and Sundays is when I'm like taking clients or working through stuff. The hard part with that is that I have to be very diligent with setting boundaries around my weekend. Mm. And so like my mom, I love you, mom. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> she wanted me to go to Chicago this weekend with her and my sister because my cousin is in a play there. And I absolutely want to go. And I am going. But I have to look at that now really critically and go, okay, if I give up a whole weekend, how mm-hmm. does that change things now if I'm trying to put all my stuff in these two days? So you feel like you are balancing your time. It's like an act between things that I have to do for the current job I'm in, things that I want to do for the coaching program that I've already started developing. And then Mm -hmm. also outside of that, family and friend time. So how do you manage all of those things? And I know from from just knowing you so well that it's been like a dance for a while. So it's like now it's a new new experiment. So how does the Mm -hmm. weekend thing go? I'm interested in hearing how you like sort of putting it into those like week and weekend buckets. So you have to keep us posted. Yeah, it's been, I mean, the nice thing about it is I feel like I can go on a Saturday and go to a coffee shop and literally sit there for six hours. And I tend to be a lot more focused when I'm 
not that I'm not focused working at home, but sometimes getting, I'm at home all the time. Like mm-hmm. I work at home. I still don't know a lot of people here. Like since I've moved, like I'm, I will go days without leaving my house. So that shift on the weekends to like changing up my environment, it feels like a second job, quote unquote. It feels like something different. I um, have to leave my house. Every day. Like today I woke up and then I went to mission of the coffee shop by me. I walked there and I stayed there for like a couple hours and then I came back and then I worked from my bed for a little bit and I just, or I'll go to the office where my husband's office is. And so it Mm -hmm. just depends. Like the same thing. I could be at home and working the whole time, but sometimes you just need to switch up the environment. Yeah. I will say, I wish like if I could work from a coffee shop exclusively, I would all the time. A, that's expensive a little bit because I'm like, I don't want to show up and not buy a coffee. Like, yeah. I have to buy something every day. B, then you're going like, I might be there like over lunch. So then I'm like, okay, I'm hungry. I need to eat right. something. So yeah. I bring my own food in like a jerk. Yeah. Or maybe you bring in your own food. I don't know. No, I came back for lunch today. That um, was what I did. Sometimes I do. Honestly, the one place I go to doesn't have like a ton of food that I would eat. So sometimes I right. bring my own stuff and yeah. Yeah. And then I always worry like, A, I'm cognizant of like, you know, when you talk on the phone, sometimes you're just louder. You're like, hello, yes. and you feel yes. like you're shouting. So I don't want to like disrupt people's nice little chill coffee conversations with their friends. And I also don't want my clients, my, you know, job clients or my coaching clients to hear like, yeah. like, you know, like, or other people talking. So it's, it's hard. And there's not the co-working spaces or stuff up here like there was in Columbus. Well, I was at the co-working space and I was doing a business coaching call with a couple girls that are both health coaches. And we were having a conversation and Cody texts me. I was upstairs and he was downstairs and the place, the foundry where we're having the women's uh, wellness yeah. content conference is all open. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I can hear you from downstairs. It's <laughs> like, shoot, I'm just loud anyway, but then put a pair of headphones on me and I get, yeah, it's like you can't hear and like, yeah, the, the person's not like right next to you. So you can't gauge how loud to talk. Yeah. problems. Yeah. Well, I like that you're working through that. And I think that's something that a lot of people are working through, whether it's like a job and a side hustle, it could just be Mm -hmm. job and family. It could be motherhood and friendship. You know, it could be any sort of managing of your time. And it's an, it's all an experiment, you know, we're not Mm -hmm. perfect. So you have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we've talked a lot. I feel like this season's been like, Liz and Nina, think about babies at some point. Like that's the theme of the season or the last, you know, (laughs) couple episodes. And I have thought like, okay, what does motherhood look like thrown in all of this? And where am I going to have to cut back? And like, what does that look like? Because I'm with you on that. It feels terrible to like be half in a bunch of things. I certainly wouldn't want to be half in motherhood. You got to be all in motherhood. (laughs) Yeah. You can't just be half-ass in that motherhood. (laughs) Someone's life's at stake. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Figure it out now with the business. And then once the kid comes along, you'll know. You'll know what to do. Well, I'm curious with your program specifically, if you found that you're having like a niche or a certain Mm. type of woman that you're really jiving with that feels drawn to you or... Like, who's your client that you keep seeing and you keep helping? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm meant to help like this type of person. Oh my gosh. It's been so clear recently. And I think it's something that I've been playing around with. Like, oh, I want to help so many women so I can service them in all of these areas. And that's just not really uh, the case. I seem to be attracting the same type of girl over and over again. And it's 
definitely the girl who is struggling with her stress levels and her anxiety because she is a perfectionist. She's type A. She is a go-getter, really, really flipping good at her job, you know, like has all of these things that seem picture perfect on the outside, but inside she's struggling. And of course, anxiety seems to be at the forefront of that. So Mm -hmm. you can't stop worrying. You have so many things going on. You have a lot of negative self-talk going on. And in addition to that, it tends to affect not only your mental state, but your body. So -hmm. when they finally come to me, it's like the mental stuff is getting to a point where it's hard to, to cope, but now their body's getting in the mix. So whether that be gut issues or hormone issues, one of the two seem to play a role. And it's all related. So like stress, anxiety, gut issues, and hormones are all related. And so we really take a dive deep into all of the areas of holistic health. So why are your stress levels playing such a role in your health? And why is the anxiety manifesting? And how movement or nutrition can either hinder or improve what you're doing. And the other funny thing is, naturally, I'm draw or people are drawn to me that are teachers. So I've worked with a ton of people in the education field and also um, a few people that are in like the special ed world Mm -hmm. seems to be like another common theme as my brother has special needs. And I have like, you know, I've been a big community of people in my life with children that have special needs or siblings with special needs. I think it really boils down to that whole like stress and anxiety level. Yeah, I mean, like, if you have, if you're taking care of a family with member with special needs or you're in, I mean, God knows education is stressful with all, I mean, every change that comes out in education is just more and more on teachers with, like, less and less money, I'm sure. So, I mean, both of them, both those groups are experiencing the starting point for what then leads them to, like, the body point. Mm -hmm. I will say, I think every single person I've worked with one-on-one does something where they are constantly interacting with a group of people. So whether that be like they are a counselor or a teacher or they own their own business and they're constantly communicating with a ton of people all of the time, it's mm-hmm. like that's my that is the girl that comes to me. Hmm. Interesting. What about yeah, you? Who are you attracting besides me? I mean, all of my beta clients have been very intentionally selected by me. Yeah. So I haven't really been able to see many similarities yet. Certainly, they're all people that have, they know, and I think it's a lot of it's around habit, and I think you see that too. They know where they want to be. They Mm -hmm. have a a goal or a vision of the kind of life they want to live or what that looks like when money is not holding them back from living their life, but they are stuck in patterns due to their, you know, a combination of mindset plus like processes or just things they've set up that are keeping them stuck. And they're kind of in that in-between place where they're like, I know that the way I'm handling my money or the way things are going, if I keep this going, I'm not going to reach the goal I have set either to like have a major savings goal or pay off a bunch of debt. And what happens when we reach those types of goals is obviously then, you know, I don't mean to say like, the more money you have, your life changes. Money certainly does not change. I mean, you can have a million dollars and still have all the same problems. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at things like, you know, I want to live a life aligned with my values where I can travel more or I can, you know, set down roots and start a family, like all these goals that we have, 
it certainly helps to not have to be constantly worrying about money and yeah. how to finance them, how to yeah. finance those goals. Everyone says money is an energy and it couldn't be more true, mm-hmm. right? Like if you aren't struggling or you know like where to put your money and things like that, then you have the time to, or you have the space to say, I'm going to put this towards traveling. I'm going to put this towards giving back. And it's hard. Like when you don't have that ability or you feel stuck, it's like, oh, I'm something doesn't feel right. You're like, I'm not living the, my truth. Like I'm not living this life right. that I know I'm meant to live. And you never want money to hold you back from that. And that's, I think, when we become resentful because we're like, if I just like, if I just made more money, I could do X, Y, Z. If I just had a partner that, you know, would do X, Y, Z, then I could have this life. Like, yeah, we start to use that as, I don't want to say an excuse, but, you know. Well, that even reminds me of my work with anxiety is like, we can definitely use it as an excuse. Like, well, my brain just works this way, or this mm-hmm. is just how I think, or well, my hormones are all jacked up and now my periods are super painful. And we can get into these negative cycles where we think we're broken. Whether you think you're broken because you feel like you have money problems or you think you're broken because you have anxiety and hormone imbalance. um, Those are deeply, deeply rooted beliefs that are preventing you from moving forward. And I actually want to make the point that when it comes to working with a coach in general, the entire reason I believe you work with a coach is so that you can get to those deeper rooted beliefs because Uh you can look up and read all of the books on finance and all of the books on anxiety and know mentally like this is what I need to do, right? These are the steps that I need to take to feel better. And you can do that for free, but it comes to what it comes down to is when you work with the coach, they're there to say, I see how you're thinking about this, or I see how this is affecting you. Let's dig into that a little bit and let's find a solution that's going to work for you. And that's what right. I love about one on one coaching in general. Yeah, I think definitely having that accountability there is helpful. Oh, I also think that, like, especially finance, and I don't know if there's anything like this that relates, maybe medical stuff is similar in this way, but you have the field of, when you talk about knowing everything to do, you have the field of economics that says like, well, if you just, there are rules that are, that you follow that if are very logical. And if a person logically, like robotically followed them, they would see success, but nothing takes into account the human element. Mm, Yeah. Like finance doesn't take into account that you spend more on a card than you do with cash or that it feels good to, you know, one rule out there is that if you find money, you view it differently than if you earn money. Like mm. if you find money on the street, you treat it differently than if you like earned it through a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like different things like that, that you don't, humans aren't logical beings. And so you need someone there to guide you through and question some of the illogical things you're doing and understand like why you're doing them and develop the habits to... Well, you can... okay changing habits. Right. Yeah. You can look up a bunch of different health like must-haves or Mm must-do, like get seven hours of sleep and drink more water and cut out sugar, gluten, dairy, and you will magically be better. And so then what people do is they try to do all of those things and then they still feel not so hot. And what none of that is taken into account is like, well, what's the stories going on in your head? What's your day-to-day 
you know, stress levels look like. What, do you even need more water? Like, you know what I mean? Like just little things. Are you doing fine? (laughs) Yeah, like are you actually hydrated? You have to, every single thing is different for the individual. Yes. And sometimes that's hard to come by on your own. And I also think like that's where a financial coach or or a health coach comes into play because your doctors don't have time for that. And your financial advisors surely don't have time to dig into those like inward beliefs. Yeah. And, and it's important. And I'm really excited that this work has brought both me and you to this side of things, because I don't think everybody knows that there is this like deeper part of all of us that can be healed in whatever aspect it is. So, yeah. And I think we both do a good job at looking at someone's life or helping someone examine their life and not having them see the perfect version, but seeing the version that works for them. Yeah. Like, exactly what you're talking about. Like someone may need more or less sleep. Someone may feel better with more or fewer savings. Like we're all unique. And so it's not about comparing ourselves to what a book says we should have in the bank or what someone else's health looks like. It's finding what does, what does good feel like for us and how do we keep that momentum going when we get in a good place? Yeah. And what also is important is just what you said. Like we hold ourselves to these standards Uh, Where did they even come from? You know, like Mm -hmm. we look at somebody and we're like, they're doing this all right. Like clearly their finances are in check or clearly they know how to eat healthy and exercise because look at them. And so then we can get really down on ourselves again in this thought of like, we're broken, we're broken. But it isn't until you realize like, wow, what's working for them like very well may not work for me and that's okay. And the idea of perfectionism is like unattainable in any in any sense. So, well, what you don't see is that you know when someone when someone gets a house, for example, like let's say, and of course, financially, we all have these things, and I think health wise too, we have like things that you're supposed to check off and reach by certain times. Yes, like the lifestyle we're all supposed to live according to American society. <laughs> you know, you see someone getting a house, and you go, oh, "Well, I can't." You know, they can get a house, and I can't get a house. You don't see that maybe they put down a super low down payment and mm-hmm. they're financing it in a totally different way than would make you feel comfortable. Or you see someone, you know, that has all these beautiful things in their home, this Instagram-worthy home, but you don't see $25,000 worth of credit card debt. And in your situation, you know, you don't, maybe you don't see disordered eating I or orthorexia or, I mean, you, some of the ways that people are achieving the image that they want to put out there is not, it's hurting them mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. We look at, we have so many people that we look at. I'm even thinking, you know, bodybuilders and that, mm-hmm. that sort of world or people that are true athletes. And you look at them and you're like, wow, they, they have it all put together. But then again, you don't see that there is disordered eating behind there or that they might also have a, an underlying hidden medical condition. You know, like we have to bust down those beliefs of what society told us is the right way to live financially and the right way uh-huh. to live, quote unquote, a healthy life because there is no right or wrong way. The other theme of Finding Your Shine podcast, they're black and white thinking. You working, do you. <laughs> you do you. There's this whole gray area that we're trying to live in now, whether it be our finances or our health. It's like that. Let's try and bring that gray in more. Definitely. So is there anything 
like education. I know you're so passionate about gut health. Mm. Is there anything educationally that you've learned and you're like, oh my gosh, this has changed my life? Like what themes in what you've learned through like your programs and your reading are you like, just blew you away with what you learned? So two things actually, because yes, one, I'm very passionate about gut health. And the reason being is because it literally is the life force for your entire body. Like you might think it's your brain, but the gut is also your second brain and it controls so much of our system, like from detoxing excess hormones and toxins from the body to um, housing 90% of your serotonin. So think about like if your gut isn't in tip top shape, I mean, it's never going to be in perfect top shape, but think about that. And then you wonder why you're having uh, mood fluctuations and you know, up and down feeling like anxious and not anxious. Well, it could be that your gut's out of balance. And so that serotonin that's stored there isn't getting fired to your neurotransmitters the way that it's supposed to. And also you could be eating the best diet, but if your gut is out of balance, you're not going to be absorbing the nutrients from that diet. So think about how all of these factors really play a role in your mental health and your physical health. So starting with the gut is huge. But in addition to that sort of more like medical side of things, I've learned that stress plays a much bigger role in our health than I think anybody gives it credit for and how many Americans are walking around stressed and we're not even really thinking of that as a solution to all of our health problems. Like the stress that you're putting on your body is creating chemical reactions with, you know, cortisol and adrenaline. That's then creating another chemical reaction, which is then, and it just keeps snowballing. And so eventually you aren't sleeping well, you have anxiety, then you're having gut issues, then you're having period problems. And so if you really boil it down, it's like the stress is almost the first culprit. And then the gut issues arise. And it's like the chicken or the egg, you know? It's, it's hard the to same tell. Thing, it's the exact same thing with money. Yeah. I love seeing similarities. But Isn't like, that crazy how both of these when things you're are so having, related? Like people make choices that get them in a situation and then they stress and fret over that situation. Often a situation that sometimes, you know, they can't change or will take some major things to change. And they're constantly having mental fatigue over something that's out of their control. And then because they're having those negative feelings, it then makes them want to hoard money to feel safer or want to spend a bunch of money to feel more love or however else that manifests. It's like binge cycle eating Mm -hmm. too. It's like that same sort of concept. Yeah. Fascinating. Super fascinating. So before we kind of wrap up here, I wonder if we- do this all day. Yeah, I, feel I like could we're too. hanging out. I mean, you're literally, clearly I, I could talk you to you all day. I talked to you for like two and a half hours on Sunday. So <laughs> it was great. Before we wrap up though, how would you mind explaining a little bit about your program? And then I can talk a little bit about my program and just give sure. our listeners a taste of what we do more specifically if they want to learn more. Yeah. So the first thing that anyone who might be interested in working with me can do is book a discovery call, and that's completely free. And we just talk through what you're currently experiencing with your money, talk about some mindset things, just some general getting to know each other, mainly because I want to make sure that anyone comes to me that I'm able to help them. I, I don't want to try to force myself to helping someone that might be better served working with a financial advisor or perhaps going to a therapist to deal with some like real trauma, things like that. I want to make sure that 
anyone I'm working with will truly benefit from what I have to offer. And then the next step is exactly what you said, Nina, which is a very long meeting um, Mm -hmm. where we actually dig into your individual numbers and see kind of what like assess what the situation is. And that is a paid session where we see where you are, see where we want to go, see what kind of changes are going to help facilitate that. Briefly, I ask some questions just to get some mindset information so I can kind of know what we're going to be dealing with going forward. And you end that session with like a complete budget to follow. I mean, that session for some people, especially if they feel like they're masters of habit and they're they're good to go, they just need some guidance. Like they could just walk Stop away with that. that. Session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people will, you know, they might already have a budget or have systems in place and it's not working for a reason. So that's when a longer coaching relationship becomes more important. And so the first month we have weekly calls. We start working through the plan that was created for you. And we're like, okay, well, you know, what's working about this? What's not working about this? What kind of feelings are you noticing as you're paying bills or spending? Or, you know, it's very logistical how things are going from like an operational standpoint that first month. And then it shifts into mindset where we're like, let's dial it back or peel back, I guess I want to say, the layers and see, you know, some of these struggles we're having, what might be the cause, how can we stop those so that, you know, you have this plan you're following. We want to obviously make sure you reach it. So that's what a longer term program looks like. I'm excited to get into the next phase of our coaching. Yeah. Me too. So I guess for me, it starts off the same, right? It's like scheduling your complimentary discovery call. And that's where I just listen to everything that you've been going through, what you're struggling with, where you are looking for some guidance. And I will assess if we're a good fit for each other. So am I going to be able to help you get to your goals? And is the coaching program going to be exactly what you're looking for? And I offer you, I can offer you some suggestions like right on the spot during that complimentary call. And then we can discuss moving forward into uh, the four-month program, which is a combination of um, private coaching sessions. We do two a month. And there's also a couple extra thrown in there. So you actually get 10 over your four months and you can use those two extras kind of wherever you see fit. And in addition to that, it's like I am your one-on-one person for the entire four months. I'm by your side supporting you through everything. I recently added Voxer to my coaching program, which I'm really excited about, which is like this walkie-talkie. Yeah. Yeah. It's this like walkie-talkie app. Um, So we can communicate throughout the sessions. I mean, not throughout the sessions, between each sessions. So you can send me voice memos. You can uh, text me questions in there. And if you're in the grocery store and you have a question on something, it's like Voxer me and I'm right there to help you. So it is total support throughout the entire four months so that you can achieve whatever those specific health goals are for you. Well, I guess let's talk about where people can find us because if they have enjoyed this conversation and they're like, I feel like I need to talk to Nina or Liz on a personal level about <laughs> my stuff. I, you know, we'll tell them where to do that. So you can go to Liz Garster for me. Um, there's a connect form on there um, at the bottom right now. Um, I'm not really doing like online scheduling quite yet because since I'm balancing a full-time thing and a side hustle, I am being really mindful with the workload that I take on because I certainly don't want to not be able to have that same level of access where people are, you know, I'm helping them consistently. I want to make sure I have the time to give them. So, but shoot me an email and I'll definitely 
see if we're a good fit and how my client load looks and yeah. Yeah. And for me, if you head to my website, which is nourishedwithnina.com and you click on the uh, work with me tab, you'll find the private coaching section under that. And there's actually an application form there and you can apply through that application form and we'll schedule a call and see yeah, if we're a good fit and if coaching is going to be the right solution for you. Um, I also have a six-week group coaching program, which is another option which we'll be launching again uh, in the spring. So you'll see that on there as well. Sweet. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this little conversation with me and myself. Let us know. Send us an Instagram DM at Finding Your Shine Podcast and let us know if you like these little, little conversations with just the two of us every once in a while. We've been talking about maybe like getting the husbands back on. Oh, that just, is for sure happening. Yeah, we must just, have a husband's episode again. <laughs> Just switching things up. You know, obviously we love talking to guests, but we also love talking to each other. We like that too. (laughs) We like hearing our own voices a lot. Um, But no worries if you are totally on the interview train. We have another interview coming up for you next Monday and we cannot wait to talk to you then. Bye. Bye. 